This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Homesdale Radio. Homesdale Radio. Waterfield into the hat trick! Astonishing! Of all the unlikely heroes! It's Scannell. Ambrose! Goal! Darren Ambrose for Crystal Palace and that may do it! Hi, welcome to Homesdale Radio. I'm your host, Chris Hambling. With me today, I've got Matthew Packham, and I've also got Nick Gussett, who's a last-minute substitute for, for John Burgess. Uh, thanks for coming along, Nick, and, and Matthew, of course. Um, okay, right, just a quick mention for the the last song on the uh, music intro there was, was from Five Year Plan Fanzine. Uh, brilliant song, and uh, if you want to listen to that, the latest podcast is available to download now from iTunes or from Five Year Plan fanzine.co.uk uh, some good noise in the background there cheers thanks um okay just to let you know if you're uh, getting in contact with us you can get in contact through twitter it's twitter.com forward slash whole radio and make sure you start your message with at whole radio if you want to go in the uh, homesdale chat room go to whole radio.net forward slash chat you can give us a call it's 0208 123 1646 uh calls are charged at your local rate will come out of your bundle and then you can email us, it's radio at homesdale.net. Oh, and the last one is Facebook, facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Oh, that's a lot of contact details there. Okay, hi guys, just thought I'd have a quick chat with you. Uh, Matthew, you were at Watford with me, so um, yeah, that was a good day out, wasn't it? Very good day out, mate. I can't remember much of it, but from what I remember, it was a bloody good day. <laughs> yeah, w- what time did you get in? Um, one o'clock, in the end, yeah, one o'clock. Yeah. That's a fantastic effort, mate. Yeah, oh, yeah we st- started early, didn't we? About well, about nine o'clock, we're having breakfast in uh, in Croydon. But a uh, brilliant day out. But unfortunately for you, Nick, you weren't there. But where did you go? I went to see Cray Wanderers versus Dartford in the FA Cup third preliminary round, using a, a lovely scheme they've got down at Cray. If Palace are away, and um, Dart- uh, Cray Wanderers at home, you can take along your season to get. 
and getting for nothing. So I saved 14 quid for me and the boy and um, yeah. went with a Dartford supporting mate. Um, lots of drinking there. And um, I could smoke while I watched the game, which was fantastic. <laughs> well, as we and, know, smoke, smoking's bad for you, but, I mean, that does sound fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Had a little what was uh, Teddy Sheringham? Teddy Sheringham? Yeah, well, Charlie plays for... Um, Dartford now. He was on our books for a bit, wasn't he, Charlie Sheringham? Um, yeah, yeah, he was. And, um, the Dartford Massive were there with their drum, singing Where the Red and Blue Army, because they've got a, a Red and Blue Away kit, and kind of uh, nicking lots of Palace songs, which was weird, because a few of them were in Charlton tops, so I did have a little chortle. And <laughs> I've got lots of, lots of um, looks, because um, I was following the Palace game on Twitter when I was there. Yeah. And I just shouted out, Will! And my son, Will, went, Zaha! <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah. uh, what was the score in the game? It was 2-1 to the uh, darts. Oh, uh, they are a division above Craig Wanderers. But, um, yeah, it's, it's nice. I like going to non-league. It's completely different, uh, completely different vibe. And it was nice going to a game where I didn't care who won. Yeah, yeah, I suppose... It's a nice, uh, yeah. Being in neutral is uh, an interesting thing. You can you can watch without prejudice against the referee. How did he get on? He was scary. I've never seen a ref <laughs> swear at players. <laughs> they were backing off, man. They were backing off. <laughs> Excellent. Perhaps need a bit more of that at this level. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, cheers for that, Nick. We're gonna um, we're gonna talk. Well, we've picked a, a thread of the week like we normally do. Um, I say if, you, if anyone does want to get in contact with us about Watford or about anything else. Just remember that phone number's oh two oh eight one two three one six four six, and the email address is radio at net. We will hopefully get to absolutely everything you contact us with. Um, but the thread we picked out to look at um, is an excitable thread coming after a win, as they often do. But the title of it was uh, sort of struck to me, struck me quite clearly. That was promotion this season or next season, which. Um, you know, it's a bit of a step forward straight away. But he does acknowledge that. And it was uh, started by a guy on Homestale called Eagles Dare. And he says, I know, I know, let's keep grounded at the moment, which is a good way of starting. But he seems to ignore that immediately. And he says, uh, would you rather go up this season, if we could, uh, or go up next season, when theoretically we might be better prepared? Um, and he says, if by some chance we go up this season, got relegated, that mo- that's most, if not all, the talent being bought by other premiership clubs. Uh, but go up next season, and we've got another season or maybe two watching the likes of Zahar, Klein, and Scannell, etc., in a Palace shirt. So what he's getting at there is uh, the, the basic pros and cons of going up too early, if you like. Um, from a personal perspective, um, I think we're getting, ahead, we're getting ahead of ourselves anyway. We're put on a very good run. Um, but, I mean, you, what you can't do is you can't turn down a chance to go up. If you imagine sort of teams like Norwich going straight up, they weren't ready. Uh, there's no chance they were ready to go up but they've reacted to what happened and and they're holding their own in the premiership at the moment so they're a sort of uh, a club to look at as a, as an example um perhaps you know obviously you wouldn't turn down promotion either but can you see any any sort of downsides to going up this season i think so mate i think the money um issues the way you know we're not obviously we've got money now um mm. we're financially sorted but i still think we've you just wouldn't be able to afford the quality that you need in the Premier League for us. And I'd rather go and watch Palace and think, you know, yeah, we go Watford away and we think we can pick up three points and rather than going somewhere like Blackburn away and thinking, oh, we're not going to pick up three points. Do you know what I mean? That's what I don't enjoy about the Premier League. You always know who's going to win it. You know who's going to be the top teams. You know who's going to be the bottom teams. I see, Whereas in the get... Championship, you've got everything to play for. 
it's a very good point. It's it's an excellent point. Uh, You know, it's 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 difficult to be competitive at that level, even even with the teams in and around the bottom, I suppose. But um, obviously, the the money's there. Um, Nick, uh, you know, sort of extending from what Pax has just said about perhaps the Premiership's not quite the draw we imagined it would be in terms of actually watching Palace live. Um, You know, can you can you see any more problems of going up so early? Um, with with this squad, no, the way this squad's developed, I mean, it's it's got to be positives, really, hasn't it? I did, the only downside is if we have one season there, we get relegated and maybe lose a few players before perhaps we would have done. You know, if we've, if we've got players like um, Zahar who could be here for two or three more years, if if we do go up and then come straight back down, we might only have him for two. Do you see what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. Somebody, somebody wrote in the thread, I don't know who it was, um, that they'd like us to win the league this season and then point blank refuse to promote ourselves and say, no, we're staying here. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting idea. Would we still get the money? I mean, to be honest, that's what it comes down to for me when you, th- when you think about it. I mean, f- from hearing the owners speak and, and reading them on, on the BBS on the whole, you, you know that they're, they're under pressure to put their own money in. If they don't put their own money in, the club will get into debt. And, you know, basically we're running at a loss. And the only way we're not going to run at a loss is if we go up and then we don't spend all that money that we get. And that's the trick, isn't it? It's going up, trying to be competitive and then not spending all that money. Um, It's, I have to say, it's quite, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to kind of be talking about at this stage of the season. We're only 11 games in. So clearly it's too early to start making, you know, predictions about going up. But it's a nice position to be in. Uh, sorry, Nick, you wanted to. Yeah, jump yeah. On. I mean, I, I think we need to speak to a Blackpool supporter, really. And you know, the, the couple that I know said they had a great time. You know, mm. it gave them a chance to visit some different grounds. My my kids would love it. I'd love it seeing Man United and Chelsea playing at Sellers. We get we get a full house every week, um, and I think we'd actually get a few new supporters in, especially oh, youngsters. So I. Say there'd be more positives and negatives going up. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, Pax, you, it's similar to the point you were making, but you were making the opposite point there. What, what, what do you want to say on that? Yeah, well, I just, what I think we've also got to look at. I think a lot of us fans we're rushing into things already. All right, we've had probably a dream start this season because I was still saying that I'd take fifteenth in the league this year. Mm. All right, we've come out, we've started playing some nice football. We haven't. Still haven't got what Marrow's out, Lee Hills, we've got to come back and all that. Mm. I just think people have got to really just chill out with it and just make the most of us playing well at the moment and not get too carried away. I think I'd still, honestly, I'd still to today take finishing 15th in the league. Yeah. The table. As long as we just stabilise ourselves this year, next year, I think he can push on. I think when you, when you look at um, look at the way our players are developing. I don't think it's going to help some of these players. Certainly, like Wilf, I don't think it's going to help him being stuck in the top division and in a in a team that's struggling. You know, you can see the Scannell, Wilf Zaha, Williams. You can see these guys are responding to being in a a team that's playing well, playing you know, and is is competitive with every side in this in this league. So that's that's the worry, isn't it? The worry is that that we don't see the team develop like it should. Uh, if they're successful, it's a, it's a almost like a catch twenty two. You sort of you want the team to be successful so they can grow together and, and start playing better football like they have been doing. 
but um, but unfortunately, <laughs> in some ways, there's this um, there's this situation. If we do succeed this season, we we could well up be in for a season of struggle, and then all the work that Dougie's done to build this team it gets dismantled by by way of his success. If you like, it's a it's a crazy situation. Um, okay, well, look, that's go on. So, what's the point of of playing if we're not striving for the best and getting promotion? Mm. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's absolutely true. But it's but you kind of think, well, if we can just hang on one more season, but you don't, do you? I mean, you just I've heard it said you just take the opportunity when it's there. You don't you don't think, oh, we can't we can't go up this year because we can't cope with it. You just go up and you do the best you can. And you're right, Black Blackpool will tell you, you know, it's great. But I, I can guarantee you the financial side probably wasn't so great for them and off the field that they're not so, probably not quite as strong um as they perhaps envisage they might be if you if you think about forest last season though they had their chance to go up and I, i'm sure their fans would have rather have gone up with a, a squad that maybe aren't going to do so well but i've got the same team this year all right i've had steve mclaren and his umbrellas which haven't helped <laughs> but um look at where they are now look at reading now they're not exactly um setting the league on fire and, no, you know, I think you've got to grab. The, if this might be our one chance to do it, and we've got to grab it. Yeah, I, I understand that. And, and if you look at uh, failing in the playoffs as another example, if you look at what happened to Leeds a few years back, get you know getting there, m- missing out on that opportunity that we're talking about. Uh, the following season, I think they, I think it was the following season, they went down under under Kevin Blackwell, mm. and it, it took them a long time to get back up again. And various different shady dealings. If you start reading what's on the BBC website at the moment, <laughs> but but that aside. Um, I, yeah, I I know what you mean. I know you you couldn't you can point to certainly point to Reading as an example of that. Although they've picked up of late, um, but Forest Forest are a classic example of a team of a team missing an opportunity and and not really recovering. Um, I don't know if I I don't know if I see us in that way. I, I see us I see us perhaps losing Klein no matter what happens. So, but everyone else is on a decent contract. So, I kind of think that I kind of think we could have another go at it. Um, and I think another season at this level, you're going to see some. Well, certainly Williams and Zaha. The rate of progress, if it carries on as is, will be the best players in this division by the end of the season. <coughs> Excuse me, just uh, just coughing. Um, I don't know if you're still there, Matt. Because uh, yeah, I'm around, mate. Oh, you are. Some of the background sound disappeared. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, I mean, sort of, kind of, really finish this off. Um, if if we did go up, and I mean, obviously, what you talked about earlier, you talked about the um, you know going to games and having to to watch us lose effectively. Um, do you think that would do any damage to us long term in terms of the supporters? Do you think it you know it would make people because we've got, still got this togetherness going, haven't we? That that we got in administrate through the administration time, we've got this sort of togetherness, this brilliant spirit. We're travelling away in huge numbers. Do you think there's a ch- chance that that might be damaged by going up to the Premier League? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think um, I think it could probably bring more more of us together. If you know what I mean, if we do go up, mm. partly because you're going to get a lot more. I know we take a lot away this year. It's been brilliant away from home. Mm. I think if we were to go up, you get you know. I think we'd fill out every game, wouldn't we, if we were to go away? So then more and more people that are going, they're experiencing the away games more and more. So I think it's just going to bring them back. But in the same way, yeah, you could look at it like that. If we um, come straight back down and lose a few players, if we get relegated again, yeah, we might not get the fans. But there's two sides to the argument all the time. Yeah, 
That's right, and it's, you know, it's a good it's a good subject. I mean, to start talking about. And like I say, it's it's a good thing to be. It's good to be in this position where we're actually looking up the table and thinking what we can potentially do, rather than to be looking down the table and thinking about who we're pulling away from and all that. So I like I like the idea. Um, okay, finally and finally from you, Nick. In terms of if we did go up, if the if the magical thing happened, how would you like to see the board support? Dougie, would you like to see us sign established Premier League players, or do you think we should continue with the philosophy we've got? I think we should carry on as we're going. I think we've got a pretty good squad. Um, maybe get one or two, as long as we don't buy journeymen that are, that's been a mistake in the past. I think you know we've got to pick up gems that will, you know, kind of kind of shine and that the other teams don't know about at first because that, that's where you can surprise teams is they don't know when you go up the, the established teams you know haven't got as much on you in terms of knowing what you're all about so you're a bit of a surprise package and you know again going back to Blackpool I know eventually they did get relegated but at the start you know they were, they were surprising a lot of people and I think because yeah, the, uh, the opposition didn't really know much about them if we yeah. start buying um, too many players that they know their number, as it were. Um, I think we could be shooting ourselves in the foot. That's, that's a good point, actually, Nick. Yeah, I mean, certainly if you if you look at uh, the players we bring in from the youth team, uh, they always have that that impact in that first season. I mean, they Scannell had an impact in his first season. I know Wilf did, and then it, it and they all trail off, and everyone goes, "Oh, maybe we're overrating these youngsters." And now we're seeing them under Dougie coming back through coaching and establishing themselves. But you're right; it's the same same in that top division. It would be nice if if because we've been in the championship and largely ignored by the media, which is still happening. Uh, be nice if we go up there in the Premier League. The teams don't know what to expect. Mind you, I'm sure they know about Zahara and Williams. But um, all right, I just want to give a, before we move on and talk about Watford, give a quick plug to that chat room again. Uh, if you just go to uh, www.holeradio.net forward slash chat, that would direct you straight into the Homesdale's chat room where there'll be some uh, some interesting people <laughs> who are listening in. Uh, we'll be we'll be talking to you. Um, I'm getting this very strange message. Bear with me. H O L, H O L. I don't know what he's talking about. I'll get back to you on that. All right, let's talk about Watford. Um, well, I've, it's a two nil win. That's that's the first part, really. Uh, what a fantastic um, day out, really. Great atmosphere from the. To be honest, it wasn't. I mean, a lot of people were talking about how great the atmosphere was. It wasn't anything like Brighton, but then nothing's gonna really. Um, Nothing's really going to live up to that, I don't think. So, um, <laughs> I th- I think, I mean, let's let's start with with the um, the result. Obviously, if you want to comment on this in any way, shape, or form, you can give us a call. It's o two o eight one two three one six four six, or you can email us. It's radio at homesdale dot net. We've got a few uh, bits of communication from you already, which is great. Keep them coming. Um, I've been asked what they were trying to tell me earlier, which I've now worked out, was to spell whole radio for you in case someone tried to spell it with a W. Fantastic. So it's www.holradio.net forward slash chat. They haven't asked me to spell radio yet, but uh, it could happen, quite frankly. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Okay, so let's talk about it. Starting lineup. It was the um, first time we've seen KG back for, for a while after injury. Uh, we'd seen Klein come back for his first game of the season, um, and John Williams wasn't picked, uh, as to the much to most people's surprise. But um, so I'm going to talk to you first of all, Pax. Were you disappointed not to see Johnny Williams? 
Not at all, mate. I, I think that was the game to give him a rest. I think he's had probably had quite a lot of games um, underneath his belt in the last few weeks. And I know, all right, yeah, we had the two-week break, but he's been away at international, and that had given him a bit of stress and stuff. But I think that came at the right time when KG came back and away from home. Mm. I thought, but I just think we've got a lot of games coming up in the next few weeks, which he can easily play a part in. So he's going to have to mix up the midfield. <coughs> midfield. <laughs> Mm. For a bit. Um, voice, went, voice went a little high there, Pax. I don't know if you yeah, noticed. I think the, um, oh. the beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was right, like mate, rest, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Mm. Well, anyway. <clears throat> anyway, sorry, right. That's enough of that. I, might, <laughs> I, know, I might make reference to it continuously throughout the show. <clears throat> so, anyway. Um, so, yeah, no Johnny, but KG came back in. I thought we had a fantastic game, KG, before, it, before he obviously tired a bit later on. Uh, started off a little rusty, sort of got a little bit of a barracking from Paddy, if I spotted it right. It's a bit difficult. We were being, being slightly hassled by some stewards during the first part of the game. But um, and we'll, we will be talking about the, uh, the policing and stewarding, because I think there's been a fair amount of discussion on the boards about that, and having experienced it at first hand, it was a very strange day on, on that respect. But we'll talk about that in a little while. When uh, when Nick gets to the first email, but um, yeah, I'm mean, obviously lovely to see Klein back. Uh, it, it turned out Moxie was out with with flu, um, which is disappointing. I, I you know to see him not in the in the squad was a bit of a surprise to me, and I was really hoping he wasn't dropped for any specific reason. But no, it was, apparently he was out with flu, and Klein just slotted in at left back. Um, he's had a lot of experience playing left back. Uh, in the youth, well, he's played it in the first team as well. But he played for quite a while in the youth team, if I remember rightly. When we had, I think it was Michael Abnett on the on the right hand side there. Um, so he's got plenty of experience playing that position. And you know, typical client, it's like he'd never been out of the side. Uh, you impressed with impacts? Very impressed. I thought um, it's just his pace, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like you got someone who's going to run at people from the back, and um, all the link up play was really good. And I just thought. That's what we've been missing. I think when Moxie's back, Klein can go back to right back. And then um, I think him and Zaha are going to just tear it up. He's yeah. so good. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, well, well, hopefully Moxie will be back next week for the Ipswich away game. And then we'll have a look at them. But I think it's going to be such a good partnership. Mm. That's actually a fantastic point. I'm going to talk to you about that, Nick. Um, you obviously, you've seen enough of Klein over uh, over the years and, and, and Zaha as well. <laughs> Um, as a as a partnership, can that's going to be something special, isn't it? I think it's going to scare the bejesus out of Chelsea, let alone Bristol City. I think. <laughs> to, yeah. Um, I, go on. I, I just think, yeah, as long as as long as we've got cover back there, as long as they don't twig and start attacking down that their left hand side, we'll yeah. be uh, we'll be fine. But um, it's it's it's. I've said it on previous shows that uh, we've got such a, a big squad now of, of quality players. It's good to have that selection. And to, um, Zaha likes to... I liked it last season when Zaha and Ambrose were swapping wings. And um, we could be doing a lot of that as well. Especially yeah. if Parr's at left-back or when Lee Hills is back or Moxie at left-back. Moxie likes going <laughs> forward. Yeah, so you're, yeah. you're getting into the situation I keep getting into every time I start thinking about the li- potential lineups. <laughs> Keep thinking, oh well, when Lee Hills comes back in, he can play further forward. Oh, hang on, no, Pars further forward. Oh, he can drop back into left back. Mo- oh yeah, Moxie's. I can't make my mind up. I really can't. Uh, I I really like the left hand side in principle. Not that it's played much of having Moxie at left back, Par at 
left midfield and the two overlapping. But then you start thinking, where the hell are we going to fit Darren Ambrose in? Because, you know, he, he's looked decent in the last few games. He looks like coming back to, certainly in that 4-2-3-1 formation, he looks like he can he can do well in there. Um, I, do you think it's perhaps, I'll, I'll ask you again, Nick, before I go go to, to Pax for the next bit. Um, do you think it's a little bit harsh on Peter Ramage now that Klein, I mean, obviously Klein's a superb player. But Ramage has, has done a fantastic job on loan for us and seems to be really enjoying himself. Do you think it's perhaps a little harsh? That he, that he'll have to, obviously, he's, he's the one who's going to be missing out. He's going back to the Premiership. Why should he be that bothered? He's only on loan. Yeah, all right. You, know? you think, you think mean, he's, he's going to work? He, he did say that in an interview, I know, but he's, yeah, he's sort of changed his tune of late. He's ordinary, though, isn't it? He's not, he's not of the quality. He does a job. He's, I think he's, he's an all-right Championship uh, defender, but he's he's not of the um, quality and ilk that that we've we've got now at Palace, and that's why I'm glad we haven't bought him. To be perfectly honest, he's done a job um, on loan, and that's what the loan system's there for to cover for injuries and, and whatnot. And you know, sorry, it's a harsh game. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I, I have to say, well, I'm not going to say I completely disagree. I understand where you're coming from, but I've, I'm impressed with Remage, and I can, I can certainly see us going back for him. Um, you know, especially if Klein leaves. I would never dream for one second of suggesting that Klein isn't a far superior player because he is. Um, and I certainly think Remage is going to find it's difficult to get into into the QPR setup now. They've got a bit of money for it being thrown around by uh, Tony Fernandez. But you know, I, you know, I like the guy. I like his attitude. It reminds me a little bit of uh, slightly less mentally ill Clint Hill uh, in terms of just being committed, not to the point of psychopath. You know, being a psychopath. He's just a little bit shy of that. But but I, I quite like him. I do feel it's a little bit harsh. Um, all right, Is well, there talk- anybody more mentally ill than um, Clint Hill? No, 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 not not playing professional football. No, I mean, there's a few a few that run him close, but that oh, dear, oh dear. I just if I was playing right wing against him as a left back, I'd just I'd I'd swap wings. I just wouldn't go anywhere near the man. Frightening. Um, anyway, yeah. So uh, that, I mean, that's that's sort of the the main points of the lineup, really. Other than Tinchev came back in for Gardner, which I think was a good move. Um, although we saw Gardner come back, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on in terms of of what happened in substitutions and things. Uh, well, uh, ooh, you've just said Mark Dennis in the chat, Nick. In terms of a psycho, all right, you win that one. <laughs> no one was that man. No one. No, it's been that mental. Okay, well, let's um. Uh, just sort of summarise the first half for you, really. It was it was a very scrappy sort of uh, exchange early on. Watford probably had the better of it, I think. Really. Um, certainly when uh, Joe Garner burst through and, and stopped. What the heck was that noise? Yeah, you better be quiet. Um, yeah, when Joe Garner burst through and, and just sort of smacked the ball against the foot of the post, I thought, well, here we go and again. You know, another away game. I thought we were going to win. You know, a bit like Doncaster. So I was a bit disappointed there, but we um. Sort of got um, got our foot on the ball a bit and and really started dominating possession. But I'd say I'd say probably first half Watford might really argue that they shaded it slightly. I'm not completely certain. I believe that, but but it was it's you know it's certainly certainly fifty fifty. But that but then we move on to the second half really, and there wasn't wasn't really too much that changed. Uh, oh, I tell you what, this. Let's talk about that first half. Let's Nick, if you want to go to the uh, the first couple of emails about stewarding. Okay, um, this email's been edited down because it was about nine pages long and I've only got one computer monitor. Um, <laughs> this is from Russ, a.k.a. Hubbo, 
Um, small groups of police with riot, full riot gear helmets in hand rotated between the top of the building site to our left and in front of our end. We heard their boss, a female officer, also in semi-riot gear, giving them instructions to walk along in front but not to impede the view of the fans. She told them to keep a presence but not interfere with fans enjoying the game. I can honestly say they were a bit intimidating at times but clearly had little planning and seemed a number of them were not used to being at a football match. To be personally videoed along with all the Palace end, when just two guys probably 30 yards away had gone on to celebrate with Wilson's OTT to me. Not saying they were right to go on the picture calls, mm -hmm. but to be corralled by German shepherds and horses outside the ground just seems a massive overreaction. Are we being singled out for special treatment? Seems so to me. Other than that, another great win, if not a fantastic performance. Shocking ground, no facilities, two great goals and an excellent away support. Can't comment on the home support as it was non-existent. <laughs> Watford must be doomed. Mm, I think that's fair. Um, all right. Uh, I know we've got Peter Gilman as the next email. Do you, think, do you want to go straight to that? Let's talk about Russ's email first, actually. Um, what he refers to, uh, it was intimidating. We were being filmed. Um, Pax, you, um, you, you were up there on, on the end of one of the rows getting a bit of grief from the stewards. For, I mean, obviously, anyone who's been to an away game, whether it's sold out or not, knows that people sit with their friends or stand with their friends right so you go to your seat there'll be someone in it so if you go to another seat you know basically we've got a situation where there was probably a few too many people in the back row there pax and uh, and you still got the brunt of it really um do you want to sort of talk about how what the steward was saying to you yeah i think he's just trying to uh, get to me because i was the tallest one there so <laughs> just no but um yeah, he kind of just said, look, where's your ticket? And I said, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm, I'm going to be down in row C, but people are there. He yeah. then said, no, you're going down there, otherwise you'll leave the ground. And I said, I'm not going anywhere because the match has just kicked off. And I said, if I'm going to be the only one that's going to go down there, you're going to have to, you know, do it for the other 3,000, not just me. Yeah. Anyway, he went and, I, and the, uh, what was it, the head steward, yeah, she came up, didn't she? And she yeah, said, yeah. Hey, you'll be fine and all this. It was yeah, just it was... those jobs worth idiots who just shouldn't be doing it. And then That's the, right. the policeman even said that he's a jobs worth. So, yeah. but I just well, think, see, oh, oh, go on. I was just going to say, I mean, that was the, that, that's the, the, the stewarding side of things, and they weren't really giving grief to everyone, were they? But, but they were. They were. It was like they'd. Um, they just weren't reacting to the situation in reality, were they? Because, like you say, if you if they move you, put you down in row C, where where are the people who are sitting in your seat? Where are they going to go? So they have to get their tickets out. So they have to then go to somewhere, and someone's bound to be sitting in their seat. It's almost as if they've never seen a, a an away, you know, an away section at a football match before. It's quite bizarre, really. But um, what I was going to say to you really is, um, obviously, once that conversation happened for some time. Uh, we got the line of police come up to the back, didn't they? I mean, obviously, you could see them all down the front. Um, and they were all right, weren't they? They I didn't really get think we got any grief from, from the police. No, they liked us, actually. Um, there was one that was talking to us for most of the game, and he was pretty, um, you know, he was fine with us, and he was mm. saying good luck to you. And he actually came up with the point of saying, why can't every ground be... Um, unreserved seating only for the away fans which is how it should be whenever you go to Cardiff or somewhere like that they always do unreserved seating and it works out absolutely fine yeah there's never but, any issues with that no that's absolutely right mate but what I would say is although though the police were okay and there weren't any incidents there was a hell of a lot of them um, 
Uh, and that's really what the question is. Because obviously, we start, we hear that our, our away allocation is restricted. And then you get there, and we're essentially escorted from the, the train station. We had a police escort walking with us, you know, sort of about three groups of two police officers as we walked along. Yeah, but they know it was you that was there. <laughs> they even said do, it. It's nothing to do with me. I'm a pil- upstanding pillar of the community, etc., etc. What it is, right? I mean, you, you, it's Palace Watford. That's the thing. Now, I think personally, a, a lot of people have been talking about uh, previous incidents against Watford. You know, where the Watford fans celebrated in front of the crowd and got pelted with coins and lighters and all that sort of business, uh, and that there were a few incidents at the last game. I don't know what that is. What I can tell you, in my opinion, is we saw a huge number of police, massively disproportionate to the kind of game it was. And our last away game was Palace versus Brighton, where there was a hell of a lot of trouble. And to me, they've reacted to that game. They haven't reacted to Watford or Watford versus Palace. They've reacted to Palace versus Brighton, in my view. Uh, and I thought it was it was horrific. It was like they were expecting, you know, the, the exact same response, really. Um, Nick, do you want to take uh, Peter's email next? Um, yeah. Because it's on a similar, similar situation. Okay. Hi there. I was one of those supporters who purchased two adult and two child tickets for the family enclosure. I read about the other Palace fans who were unable to use their tickets because they didn't have another child to take. The Palace box office warned us that all the controls and stewarding on this would be very strict and that adults without children would be turned away. That was all garbage. There was no control over this at all. No one was checking to see if we had the correct number of adults and kids. There were about two adults to every kid in the family area. On top of that, it was a very silly place to have a family enclosure. It was at the top of the stand and everyone was standing up, which made it very difficult for kids to see the action. It would have been much better, surely, to have the family enclosure at the front of the stand. Regards yeah. Peter Gilman. Now nah, Peter's absolutely right. There was there was no what everyone was led to believe about this segregation and how it would happen. It's just it was a complete fallacy. It, it, obviously, the restriction of tickets being sold in, to certain people was was based purely on, you know, <laughs> should we say intelligence or lack of intelligence? Really, <laughs> um, I mean, it's yeah, it was a disgrace. The whole the whole idea of having a family section was a disgrace. But what Peter does actually raise is a very good issue. We've we've talked about in the uh, the ticket uh, focus group that we have with the club, and that's how. Is how to actually account for for children and you know older fans who need to sit because there's plenty of people who need to sit down, and it's how you get those people to go to the front of the stand and get the people who want to jump around like lunatics to go to the back of the stand. And to be honest, if you think about it, the only real trouble of that game was from the the couple of people who invaded the pitch, they'd probably be up the back of the stand if you let them. So you know they wouldn't invade the pitch from up there. Probably I don't know. I nearly ended up on the pitch at Brighton when I got knocked over but that's another story um yeah i don't i don't really know what the what the answer is i mean what the answer certainly isn't is to do what watford did um you know i i can only go from what my experience was and my experience was there was one steward trying to trying to direct people to the right seats but you know no one listens they he says your seat's down there you walk two rows down and then you go where you want to sit and that's that's how away crowds work and it's less of a problem if you haven't sold every single ticket. But, you know, if you've got three people to a seat, you've got three people to a seat. As long as everyone's happy, it's, it's no big deal. And people should be able to communicate with the stewards. And oh, I don't know, it's very frustrating. Um, and I just want to talk about the number of police as well. Um, um, so this is away from the ground. Um, there were huge numbers. And, and when we went drinking, uh, we went to the traditional 
uh, town centre Weatherspoons. So I know it's a bit, it's a bit, you know, cheap really. But but that just seemed it's an easy place to meet large numbers of Palace fans. You know, that's for an if you want an atmosphere pre-game, not everyone does. And have um, four shots for five pounds. Yeah, and a four shot. Five <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get on to that. Well, well spotted. Um, that was more than was in the game, isn't it? <laughs> That's actually true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but I mean, we, it was it was bizarre. There. I mean, I'm, if you look on the websites, there's, there's a few um, few clear photos of what the police presence outside the pub was like. There was people being turned away because they were under 25 who were let in five seconds later. I don't know, you lied to people about ha- having some sort of food or something, didn't you, Pax? And we just let straight in. It's a, it's a joke, really. Um, a real joke, but... I know, it's frustrating. If anyone... Obviously, not everyone experienced it, but we are we are certainly being over-policed as a group of fans. Um, I'm not going to dress it up and say that there haven't been incidents because, you know, I've heard of, of plenty of them. Um, I've been fed back from the club in the in the ticketing forum, and there have been you know this small pockets of fans who have caused problems, but there does seem to be an attitude towards Palace fans, you know that we're we're starting to be viewed, you know, in an incredibly harsh way as as being troublemakers, and I, and I don't think that that's fair. It's like treat every treat every fan as a hooligan, and it's ridiculous, um, very frustrating. But let's go back to the to the Watford game itself. <laughs> now we've had a nice rant got out of my system. Um, second half, really. That we we had, we finished the first half where it was fifty fifty, and you talked a bit about the lineup. Second half uh, all turned on that wonderful goal from Wilf Saha, uh, and it was an absolutely sensational strike. Um, well, there's a you know a bit of bit of play at the back. I think the ball came to KG. Um, he fed Sean Scannell, who had dropped uh, central. Uh, in the sort of central striking position, Murray had gone left, Zahar on his right, and Scannell hit pretty much, you know, not for quite first time, near enough first time as he turned, uh, an absolutely inch-perfect ball to Wilf's feet, and then Wilf absolutely smashed it. And from where, from from our angle, you know, we're looking across the goal um, to see who he's crossing to, and then suddenly the ball ripples the back of the net. It's absolutely, oh, it's just a stunning, stunning goal. Um, Packs, I mean, well, went a bit mental after that, but you know, what a goal! Yeah, mate, it was. Um, well, we were kind of like cheering before the ball had gone in the back of the net because I think his expressions were, you know, so clear that it had gone in by the same yeah. time it had left his boot, and I just, oh mate, we erupted, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. It was so good. I just think his finishing's come on so much this year, and you can tell that he's worked on it hard in summer. Because yeah. last year I was thinking. You know, he can take players on, he can do all that, he can't pass, but he can't shoot. But this year, it's just, what a difference. Oh, he's massive. What a difference. It's just, hit, I mean, he's hitting the ball across the keeper, isn't it? Because that, that was his thing from last season, I think we've talked about it before, was um, he tended to go near post and high and wide. And it was just, you just thought, oh, such a shame. You know, and, and he, he was a frustrating player then, but there's none of that really now. He still, you know, still gets three defenders on him and and. A- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Occasionally he'll get round them and occasionally he'll lose the ball, but like you say, that finishing. And you did, I just didn't even think from that angle it was on. Uh, Nick, you seen the goal on TV at all? Oh, it was a fantastic goal, wasn't it? Super ball from... Um... Scannell, absolutely mm. fantastic, and um, yeah, like um, Chris, uh, Matt said, Matt, <laughs> Matt said, um, you, you knew it had gone in from the moment that it left his boot, um, yeah. but apparently he was quiet the rest of the game. So was, yeah, you know, he was. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't uh, running the show, to be honest. But at the same time, Watford knew he what a threat he was, and you know, he he just had. He had two to three people on him all game um, and still came out with that, I think. I think the one time he got left alone. Uh, so I think it's Carl Dickinson as their left back, I think. He, he did really, really good job on Wilf. You know, didn't, they never dive, dived. I don't know now. Never went <laughs> went in with a quick challenge. Um, you know, stood off Wilf, let him let him do his step overs and then make, and timed the tackle correctly. Um, but... You know, Wilf responded. He didn't get frustrated. He got kicked all over the place, but he just kept that head down um, and, and just, yeah, got his one chance and absolutely ruined it. Nick? Um, yeah, just referring you back to, we're, we're hearing a lot that other teams are putting two, three players on Wilf. Mm. What what are the other players doing to actually capitalise that on that? Because it's like they're down to ten men or nine men because they're they're marking. They've got so many on one player. Should we be capitalising on that a bit more? Should we be getting Scannell to fill that little gap in, or, or you know, maybe if we if we think about maybe not having uh, Wright or Melee mm. centre back, could we get somebody just a little bit more attacking um, to actually scare the bejesus out of them as well? How many times have I said bejesus in one show? <laughs> I've been it's sponsored. a record. It's a record. No, that's one of them flat things you used to play music on. Oh, um, for God's sake! No, no. <laughs> um, but just just to think, it's something that. I haven't really noticed us doing. By all accounts, yesterday was a pretty poor f- performance by both teams. Yeah. Um, you know, make no bones about it. It's good to win, especially when we're playing badly. But, you know, if, we, if they're putting all their players onto um, Wilf, then we should be getting other players in there. Yeah, that's a re- really good point, Nick. And I think it's a lot of... A lot of it is to do with the system we play away. Um, certainly with, with having David Wright... Uh, uh, sitting very deep, he's not going to get forward. Uh, KG, he he did sit. He he sort of sat alongside right, if anything. Um, and it w- there wasn't really a lot of movement there. So you kind of you were reliant. Johnny Parr did very very well till he came off. Um, and and you know, but he's not an out and out left winger. You know, he he did get, he did get up and support the attack, but he's not he's not in Wil- the mould of Wilf Zaha where he can take advantage of that space. To that degree, but if it anything to me, it's in central midfield. In central midfield, we're not quick enough to get that support in. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to let you read the next email because it's a similar sort of subject to this, uh, Nick. Okay, hang on. Let's just move down. Hopefully, it's loaded up. Um, <laughs> left it too late. To, is this Graham from Harlow? Yeah, Graham Burt. Yeah. Left it too late for a ticket for yesterday, but managed to listen on Palace Player and of course saw the goals on the Football League show last night, which was basic coverage as usual okay Watford aren't pulling up any trees this season nice phrase but clearly Dougie has started to get some momentum great to see Klein back but surprised 
two that KG got a game. And where was Johnny Williams? Was he injured? To be honest, I'm not a great KG fan. Much prefer Marrow in the holding row, which hopefully he'll reclaim once he's fully fit. Zaha is coming on leaps and bounds and thought Easter took his goal well. Just to pick his last-minute strike against the Hammers was a foot wide. All in all, a very satisfactory result. What's this about the Stewart Inn and Palace fans being troublemakers? A joke, surely. Mm. Enjoying the broadcast, which also keep my son in Australia fully informed of all things Palace. The only thing he misses about home. The only thing he misses about home, Chris, is you. <laughs> yeah, well, Isn't that lovely? Nice. Thank that's you, Graham. Yeah, and uh, yeah, obviously hasn't given us his son's name, but um, obviously hello to Graham Burt's son as well in Australia. <laughs> Um, he's made some very good points in there, and we'll talk about um, uh, Easter's goal next. But I just wanted to sort of address um, the the issue over Johnny Williams. Obviously, Johnny wasn't injured; he was just rested. Um, and as as Pac said earlier, we've got a lot of games coming up in a very short space of time. Uh, he said he's not a great KG fan. I, I've heard that said by by a few people. I really rate the guy; really do. Um, and he does look a little slimmer than he did at the start of the season. I think he's had a bit of a chance to, to hit the gym while he's waiting for that, that hamstring injury to, to repair itself. Uh, looked a bit better, a bit fitter. Uh, I think he's a, he's a very good midfielder, but he does need to get forward a bit more if if allowed by the system. Um, sorry, Nick. Yeah, just looking in the chat room because they're talking about what we're talking about, which makes a change, apart from the Anne Whittacombe bit. Um, serial. Um Dweeb, we need Marrow to go forward and cause problems when Wilf is being marked by four or five players. And Hubbo says we should try we should try Wilf more central and then draw the opposition centre halves onto him, which free up the wings for Park, Lyon, Scans and the other fifty eight wingers that we've got. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I'm not sure that number's correct. Um Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, well obviously yeah. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, Pax, you wanted to say something. Yeah, um, just going on KG. So many people, I think, think that he really. I don't know. I was, you speak to loads of people, and they say they just don't rate him. And I just, I can't disagree more. Like, I think I really rate the guy. I just think, you know, he's. I just think he's like a Sean Derry. I really do. I just think he's one of those blokes that are going to be in the middle. He's just solid mm. as everything. Like, you know, he's so strong. Yeah. I just think he's got such a good eye as well. All right. Yeah. All right, a few of the passes that are going to get intercepted if he tries uh, some magical ones, but yeah. I'd rather them try that. I really Absolutely. would. That, they, I think it's summed up by the pass to Scannell, because a lot of people talk, well, we just did, we talked about how great Scannell's pass was, and it was a great pass. You go back and watch that goal, that is an absolutely fantastic pass by KG as well. It's just it's not the killer pass. When you go back and you look, it's it's probably the only pass he can play. Along the line of it, there's a couple of a couple of defenders who could have, you know, just neither of whom could intercept. Uh, and it's just, it's perfect to scan. It gave him the perfect opportunity to turn uh, and play Zaha straight in. It's an excellent ball and it's that sort of thing shouldn't be underestimated. Um, I think, if anything, I think the, the reason he gets underrated is because pe- people aren't quite sure what kind of a midfielder he is. Um, do you know what I mean by that? They think they're looking at him, judging him against perhaps a Neil Dans who took a lot, who ran with the ball an awful lot, and they're expecting him to maybe do that. Um, no one really sees him as a, a defender who's going to sit there and play the ball around and, and get the challenges in, like you know, kind of like a destroyer, like um, like the defensive midfield role, like Sean Derry, like you say. Um, and I think perhaps people not judging him, are not judging him correctly in that sense. But you know, it's a game of opinions, isn't it, Nick? I mean, you've seen a, a KG. Yeah. Well, how do you rate him? Um, 
it's been a bit hit and miss. Been a bit hit and miss. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget his his superbly um, executed goal that he scored. Who was that against last season? The Cardiff game. Um, was it Cardiff where he where he span around and it hit the back yeah, of his head? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah, it yeah. Was Cardiff. But then you saw his goal that he scored for South Africa, the first goal of the last World Cup. That was superb. So mm. you know, got, you know, and and once again, it's another player that's going to worry the opposition. I think he's got a got an old head on his shoulders which is a good thing um and again he's he's made the step down from fulham he wanted to stay at fulham but the fact that he's with us now shows that he's he's committed and he's a quality international player and Mm. you know should be should be in the team there yeah should be in the team Um, yeah like you said his, his passing's good and we do need an experienced head around the younger players But you start you start looking at that team in in the midfield there because we we obviously Garvin impressed a, a hell of a lot earlier on in the season. Uh, he was certainly vital in some of our earlier uh, performances, if not results. Um, so you start thinking where we're going to fit Garvin in. Obviously Williams has emerged on the scene, and uh, but Dougie's talked about having a, a squad of players that he can rely on, and I think that's what we're seeing now. And people are going to go dropping in and out of that team all the time now. It's it's almost like a rotation policy, other than at the back. But we've even seen a bit of that. Um, so actually, we, we I mean we've we've delayed quite a lot on a few subjects here. So I'm going to pick out a few of the key things I wanted to cover before we move on and, and look ahead to uh, to Bristol and Ipswich, which we're not going to go into a huge detail with. Um, but we will we'll have a quick chat about the team lineups we want to see and and some of your predictions. If you do want to probably last chance, if you do want to join in and have a have a chat with us, uh, the phone number oh two oh eight one two three one six four six. Or email us radio at homesdale.net. But I wanted to talk about what we did when we scored uh, the, the to go one nil up. It was a hard sort of scored, and one of the first things that happened was I think it was Par that went off, and and Gardner that came on. Um, we put three at the back. Uh, it was a, well, it was a back five. We had three centre backs. Um, now, I would say my my initial reaction was, what the hell are we doing? You know that not only is that a system I haven't seen, but that's just going to invite pressure for the rest of the game, and we, you know, we really don't want to do that. Um, but I would admit to being, you know, absolutely uh, done by Dougie's tactics there, because we went and scored that second goal, and, and we looked much more solid with with Gardner in there. Um, it was it was just a sensational decision to put to put him back there. Um, Pax, did it surprise you though? No, it didn't. No. No. no, 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 it didn't. No. It, mate, we've got such a big squad at the moment that I just, oh, mate, I'm, <laughs> I, mate, I can't answer that one. I've Fair got, I've, I just disagree. No. All right, right, you fine. You disagree. Me. See if I care. You disagree. No, yeah. I, look, I was, I was surprised by. It, I have to say, but, um, but I, I thought it was going to be inviting pressure, and I thought, but what I was going to say is, I think it, it. it it showed perhaps learning a lesson from the West Ham game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what I mean? Is we we they had you know they needed to get a result back in uh, West Ham uh, once we'd gone two one up, and they brought on a big man and they started hitting the ball long and we we struggled to cope. So that's why I think he did it anyway. I'm not completely sure. Well, it was the right move in the end because we won the game. So we went up. And, yeah. And and then yeah. So here we go. It was um, to win the game. We went two 0 up and Jermaine Easter. Uh, 20, what, 22, 23 yards shot? It went absolutely mental when that went in. Uh, did you yeah. see that one coming, Pex? 
Did I see it coming? Yeah, I did actually. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mate. I told you it was going to be a goal when when Spironi had it in his hands. Remember? You said goal after like, every every time we won the ball back. You <laughs> you turned to me and said goal, and it, twice it might have happened. But that's, anyway. No, I've, uh, I've been saying for a while that Easter's going to score. He's going to be a good goal scorer, and I think he's just a confident striker at the moment. And just yeah. to, you know. I don't really know what that noise was. Um, Nick. My cat. Oh, is it your cat? <laughs> My cat oh, is that, snoring. I found it really distracting. I could hear this like high-pitched squeak. I thought it was coming <laughs> from, my, from my throat. Or I thought it might have been Packham. But, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, no. I, my curry hasn't gone down through me that quickly, mate. <laughs> Fair dude. Is that Matthew Packham? <laughs> um, Matthew Packham, yeah. Um, don't mock him. He won't like it. Uh, so, um, Nick, you've seen the Easter goal. Fab. Yeah. I'm so so pleased for him because he's he's been blowing a bit cold, hasn't he? Blowing a bit hot and cold, yeah. um, and he's come in for a lot of stick. So I like it when somebody comes in for a lot of stick. I really hope kind so. Of puts two um two fingers up at um mm. the fans and say, "Look at what I can do." There you go. I really it's hope a fantastic goal. I really he could have come a little bit earlier. I think they would have fallen apart a bit more then, and we'd have stuck a few more in. But mm. I really hope the cat noise is coming out. On the radio, it's very distracting. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, just want to quit chat about the atmosphere. We we did sing all game. Uh, it was there's a good old long session of We're the Red and Blue Army. So much so, I got a little bit uh, bored towards the end. <laughs> oh, I'm joking, really. It was, it, was good, up, really. it does, yeah, yeah. Nah, it was a good atmosphere. Really, really enjoyed it, and I think everyone else did too. But like I, I said earlier, I felt it was a little bit tame compared to just how mad Brighton was. Although it's, it's easy to forget that um, you know the first sort of fifty to sixty minutes of the Brighton game because of the tension, it was a little bit was a little bit quiet um, at, at times. And but just the 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 way we went mental at the end. It's just going to make every other atmosphere seem slightly tame, but it was great. Um, in terms of man of the match, I'll, I'll give mine afterwards, but I'm going to go to you first, Pax. Who did you think was our best player on the day? Man of the match for me yesterday? Hmm, Tuffy. Probably Zaha, just because of that goal. And I, I know he didn't have a lot to do, and he didn't really get in the game a lot, but he did what we needed, and that yeah. was to get the ball in the back of the net and run at defenders. Yeah, Zaha. Okay, mate. Well, I, I was I, Zaha was one of my thoughts, as was KG, because I thought he, yeah, the spell he had on a pitch, he was excellent. Um, I'll probably give it to Klein though, just to come back and and do do what he did. Uh, you know, absolutely solid at the back. Nothing really got past him, and just added a, a brilliant attacking dimension. And just on a few moves, wasn't a massive amount, and you know, it wasn't a huge huge amount in it. A uh, special word for Paddy as well. I mean, he's comments during the week. Hopefully, everyone's seen that about about him never wanting to leave the club, and you know, basically, basically echoing the comments we got from him on uh, on uh, the Player of the Year do really. Uh, sorry, Pax, you wanted to jump in there. No, yeah, just one uh, quick one, mate. I also thought uh, an under an unnoticed player who played very well yesterday was Tunchev. I thought he played really well yesterday with McCarthy. I thought them two linked up well in defence, and they just looked really organised. Which I haven't seen for a while in the cent- like in the centre defence. Yeah, no, that's a fair point, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, Dougie, <coughs> Dougie, Dougie talked about how solid. Hmm, good cough. Dougie talked about how solid we were in comparison to Watford and and how we the bit of quality at either end. And I think that's what he's referring to. We had a bit of extra quality in the centre back positions and a bit of extra quality up front to get them goals. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I'd still probably give it to Klein. I just thought he was overall had a great game. Um, as a final thought on that match uh, before we move on 
I would just like to point out that we now have more away points than at home points this season. Well, what a turnaround that is. Right. Yeah, I think that's okay. I think it's nine nine away and eight at home, so there we go. That's um that's Dougie in action for you. It's, uh, if anyone's in it, I mean it's obviously I mean I think it's an email yeah. I think we got <laughs> went completely mental there for a second. I think we got an email about it, um somewhere in this section about someone saying um about all the people who are slagging Dougie off. Well that's evidence of him uh and evidence of him changing things there. Uh, we're going to have a quick break for news in brief, which should be entertaining, and then we'll, when we come back, we'll talk about Bristol and Ipswich. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. John William, oh, no, hang on. I need to, you need to introduce it, don't you, Chris? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, read it. John Williams was called up to the full Wales squad for the first time last week. The midfielder race was rewarded with a call-up for, br- for a brilliant start to his professional career, impressing the Eagles with the goal and their and three assists this season. The 17-year-old has already turned out for the Wales under-21 side and became the second youngest player to do so. Tune in over the next few weeks to hear an exclusive interview with Johnny Esther. Over to you, Chris. Thank you, Packham. Young Crystal Palace keeper and Hemsdale Radio favourite Wes Fotheringham signed for Swindon Town on loan until January. Fotheringham joined the Eagles from Bromley in August last year, but is currently third choice behind Julian Sproni and Lewis Price. The 20-year-old got his mm, got first team action on loan at non-league Histon in March, and Swindon manager Paolo Ticano wants him to challenge his goalkeepers for a starting place. Uh, Fotheringham confirmed the switch on his Twitter page, saying, "All done." Officially signed for Swindon Town FC on loan until January. De Canio is a ledge. I don't think he means like a window ledge. It's like a legend. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, well done to Wes, and he kept a clean sheet in his first game. And finally, Mile Jadenak admits he's still adjusting to English Championship football. The Australian international mm, joined Palace in the summer on a free tra- transfer after two and a half years stint with Turkish club Yedinak, who scored in Australia's 3-0 World Cup qualifier win over Oman this week believes the step up in quality will only improve his game the championship is non-stop and you have to be switched on the whole 90 minutes there's no lapsing concentration there because you find you'd get punished when you track back in defence you might think oh they're not going to only make the run this doesn't make any sense really but they will make that run in brief, brief, brief. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was news in brief there, which was read in a professional manner as always. Okay, let's. Um, oh, do you know what? I think we should have a look at some emails first, because uh, before we look at the uh, Bristol and Ipswich things, just want to pick up the first couple. I'm going to read out Nigel from Palace Radio. It says, "Hi guys, so glad you scheduled a show at this time on a Sunday night. Removes the temptation to watch X Factor. Glad to be of service. No one should ever watch X Factor. So you missed out on tickets for Watford and plan to take a small group of friends who now live in the area but support Newcastle and Oxford amongst other teams. Due to Watford's home end and ticket buying restrictions, none of them went. And he said that, that said he enjoyed a weekend in Watford, including sub two pound pints of ale in Weatherspoons, yep, and score updates on his mobile. Looking forward to a flurry of home games." We certainly won't be missing out on. Good stuff, Nigel, and, uh, and thanks for writing in. And do a fantastic job on Palace Radio. Uh, Pax, do you want to read out Ben's email? If you can read it. you get there? You there? Pax? He's not even there, is he? Shall I read it? Yeah, go on, Nick. So far, from what I've seen from Murray, I've been really impressed. And he does look an absolutely fantastic capture. 
He has so many good attributes, being good in the air, a hard worker, great at holding up the ball and bringing others into play. And he has a clever footballing brain and looks like he can chip in with a large number of goals, which you don't often find in target men. Mm. I know he's nothing like AJ playing-wise, though I would love to imagine how they both would have teamed up together. Yeah. And he isn't as top class as our former number eight. But from how Murray has played so far, I really think that he looks to be the best forward we have had since him. Do you agree? And I think that's Ben Minchin. I think that's Lewis Eagle, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So well, your thoughts on Murray? Uh, well, my thoughts on Murray. Well, my thoughts on Murray are I've been saying it all season, I, and I certainly think that summary of best forward we've had since AJ is is about right. Um, the guy, the guy is complete, complete forward. He has absolutely everything, and I, I just don't understand where someone with that ability uh, spent why he spent the entire of his career in the lower leagues because he looks excellent. You know, it's a little bit like Ricky Lambert at, at Southampton in some ways. You look at the way L- Ricky Lambert plays uh, at this level now, and you just think, why? Why is he? What is think he's twenty nine, Ricky Lambert? I think Murray's twenty eight. Now, these guys, they should they should have been playing at a higher level and, and, and pushing themselves and proving themselves against better players because they are of a very very good standard. And I think we've got Glenn Murray at a fantastic time in his in his career. I really do believe that. Um, I don't know if you're back now, Mister Packham, but uh, no, probably not. I'm just gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to him for the rest of the show. Okay? Should we go over to the uh, snoring cat? Yeah, <laughs> that might do a better <laughs> job. Um, yeah. Alright, look. Before we go into the rest of the emails, there's a, there's a couple more there. We'll do we'll we'll tidy them up after the previews. I just want to talk about uh, Bristol City, and, and we'll have a very quick look ahead to Ipswich. Um, I don't really. I listener predictions are in there, but I haven't really said which game they're predictions for. Hopefully, it's just Bristol City. Um, okay, we've got um, Bristol City on Tuesday night. Uh, if you haven't got your ticket yet, get it. It'll be you know we'll, it's a good we're a good team to watch at the moment. Don't you know? Don't miss out on an opportunity to watch us. I tell you. Um, We've gonna we're gonna see some changes. I think um, I think I can certainly see Williams perhaps coming back in, but I, I expect that central midfield to look very different. Um, I mean, in some ways, I think we're now in a position where David Wright's played a lot of games and done a fantastic job in there. Uh, but I think we're now in in a situation where we can look at, at someone else playing in that anchoring role and and see how they get on. And I would personally like to see something like a Jedinak Williams, Jedinak Garvin, that sort of a thing. Uh, and just to have a Jedinak sitting back and having Garvin dictating the play, perhaps that's that's kind of what I would like to see. Um, I would very much like to see Moxie back if he's fit and and inclining on the right hand side. But other than that, I don't really see any any ma- major need for too many changes. Uh, Nick, um, yeah, I just want to mention um, I did start a thread a couple of weeks ago about the um, offer that um, CPFC 2010 made last year of uh, if you got junior tickets and you want to bring an adult to an evening game because the kids have got to school, um, mm-hmm. you can bring an adult. So I'm Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, so, yeah, ticket amnesty on season tickets. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. Correct. So, uh, um, yeah, it'd be good to see Ambrose starting again. Hopefully a couple of couple of uh, matches on the bench will get him sort of chomping at the bit a bit. A bit, yeah. And um, <laughs> hopefully he'll come on and think, right, I've got to stay in this team because... I think he got into a bit of a syndrome, right, I'm the first name on the, ta- on the team sheet, and um, yeah. now that's not happening, perhaps it will, it will be a turn well, in his fault. That's it. Com- competition for places, big squad, loads of people the manager can rely on. It, it, you know, it, Well, you're either going to sink or swim, aren't you? And um, 
Dougie's done a good job, really. He's not really cleared too many people out. And Dye's been the, the main casualty, shall we say. He's just been removed from the club because he wasn't prepared to buy into the, you know, into the philosophy with the right attitude. So I think that's probably... That is probably one of the uh, most sort of impressive things about Dougie's reign, I would say. I don't want to see too yeah. much change. I don't think we should just chop and change a winning team. Uh, I think as much as you don't want to see every people missing out and you want to encourage them, I just think getting that momentum and keeping that confidence rolling will probably help the players who aren't in the team in, a, you know, in the long run. I think when they come into yeah. a team that's confident, I think that that would be... Um, and I think that's what we should look at when we go to Ipswich. Ipswich are, are worth talking about because they're... A, you know they're a very good side on a very good run now. Uh, they spent a bit of money. They've got some some expensive players. They've got some expensive away tickets. I have to say, um, certainly more expensive than us. And I yeah I I worry about that game because I I think if we just sit back as we have done, uh, I think we could we could be there for the taking. I'll go through a few predictions for the Bristol game, which I assume is the Bristol game. Just we got off Twitter um, at pa- Paleagle. Uh, went three nil to uh, to Palace at Liam CPFC. Went three nil as well. Uh, the next three also went three nil <laughs> at Croydon Eagle at Toby Lerone two thousand and seven two thousand and eleven. Sorry, uh, at Nessa Palace. That's uh, uh, Super Alan Lee of Homesdale. They all went three nil. Um, at Lee Stable says we're going to lose one nil. Boo. Uh, at CPFC Doe uh, thinks we're going to win two nil. As does at. I Nathix at Bosk nine 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 thinks we're gonna win one nil. At Benny Button thinks we'll win four nil. Uh, as does at CPFC Brad. So thanks for those predictions, chaps. Uh, Nick, what do you think? I'll put us down in the prediction league. I think we're gonna be two um, nil up at half time and win four one. Okay, and uh, Matthew Peckham, you are now back from your important phone call. Um, what do you think the score is gonna be? I'm gonna go. We'll we'll be four 0 up at half time, and by the end of it, it'll be four <laughs> three. Okay, good <laughs> prediction. Uh, we'll be putting a bet on that one. Oh, I've already put my bet on that. Okay, good stuff. Um, obviously, you didn't get a chance to comment on, on what, whether you'd want to see any changes to the team for Bristol. So, a quick word on that. Um, no, keep it the same. But if Moxie's back, I'd put Moxie left back, Clyne right back. Okay, good stuff. Is that right view or not? That's that's fine with me. Thanks, thanks, Matt. It's a bit aggressive. Um, okay, and, and Ipswich, um, we'll go with some Ipswich predictions from ourselves. Um, again, I mean, similar thing for the team. I don't want to see too many changes too quickly. But I'd certainly like to see Williams play one of those two games because I think he deserves it. Uh, I think uh, Ipswich, I think we could struggle. I think we might see a, a, a 2-1 defeat, I'm afraid. Uh, Pax? Um, we'll be losing 2-0 at half-time and we'll win 4-2 at full-time. <laughs> okay, good stuff. I do you find funny. Just you, generally. Uh, Nick, what do you think? I think um, Pax should stop getting cricket and football confused with his scores, really. Uh, no, I think uh, a one-all I'll be happy with. OK, good stuff. Right, well, that's where we are with uh, those two games coming up. Uh, got a couple. One, one two, three. Uh, you've read that one from Ben. One, two, three emails. So that's one each, chaps. Uh, Pax, can you take uh, Mearworth Dave's email, please? Hello, uh, Chris. My emails are not loaded. Oh, okay. Well, they're actually in the show document. But all right, fair enough. I'll um, it's fine. I'll read it for you. It that says, won't uh, even load either. 
Okay, no worries, mate. We'll uh, we'll leave you out of this last bit. Um, I'll read this. It says, "Hi guys, great show. What a difference a season makes. If we'd have kept the lead versus Peterborough and Leeds, we'd be joint top right now." It's a scary thought because we could have won easy- those two games pretty easily. I think. <sighs> Bloody hell! Uh, he says it just shows how far we've come, and it's clear to see the results are not just luck. Dougie has brought back brought the winning habit back. That's me with Dave. Thanks for that email, Dave. Um, so, Pax, I mean, obviously you were going to read that one out, so have you got an opinion on that? Um, it's just, well, basically the main point there is um, what a difference the season makes. The main point there is we'd be top if we'd beaten Leeds and Peterborough, as we perhaps should. Nothing? Nothing at all? All right, no worries. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. It's sad. Nick, do you want to answer for him? Um, we would have been joined top, wouldn't we? Um, <laughs> and we would have been going mad about um, going up. Doug is, Doug is doing brilliantly. It's fantastic, and uh, I'm glad that we've, we've got him, really. Thanks yeah. for him, through. And we have... How many more players have we got? Four or five more players than from last season? It's just... They've all come on, and he's playing oh. the style he wants. Yeah, sorry. The style he wants. That's fine. I think Matthew Packham came back during the middle of all of that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Don't worry. We'll, uh, we'll ask you the question next time. Nick answered for you. Uh, Nick, can you uh, get the next email from the... Fabricated Mike Roch. <laughs> um, well, we've got one from. Uh, I'm not going to read that one. I'm going to read the uh, greetings from the People's Republic oh, of North well, Korea. Yeah, go on then. On healing your capitalist bile, spewing forth from our heavily restrictive personal computers, myself and my family of Korean presence presence wish to <laughs> file a complaint about your radio show. Even as a big Crystal Palace fans, we find it repulsive to listen to your Western music and Western jokes. <laughs> we hope that our godlike leader, Wim, Wim Wong Will, sends you in a nuclear way. Aside from that, we are very pleased about our win at Watford and very excited about our win against Brighton. For Ruck's sake, for Ruck's wake, Molly. <laughs> we hope for promotion <laughs> this year, although we are very against the symbolically capitalist league of the Premier League. Good night from Pong Pang. Um... There's a fine line between humour and racism. That's all I'm going to say on that. But um, Luckily, they can't hear us in North Korea, so yeah. I think we got away with it. Yeah, I think so. I'm just going to say I don't believe that that's a genuine email, um, especially as it was titled Gusset to Read. I think you're in on this. Um, I know yeah. who that was yeah, from. Good. Yeah, I think, we all, I think we all know who that was from. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, the last, the last one is, um, is from Michael Roch. And uh, he says, I wonder what the Bellins that called for Friedman's head after Peterborough have to say about Dougie now. I'm just so glad that the, that the mercenary from Bournemouth chose Burnley. That's a very good point. He looked that creepy, creepy man managing uh, Burnley. They lost again. Uh, he said, our squad looks so strong and his players perform in a number of different, different positions. And he says, well, which over a season will prove valuable. Uh, very, very, very good point. You know, nicely succinct. Um, people got a little bit overexcited after a couple of games um, you know, obviously Peterborough was one and, and Doncaster was another because it was a, a poor performance up there uh, but you just cannot argue with the progress we're making I think that's fair and and yeah the squad strength is, is the thing that people keep falling back on it's very difficult to uh, really to pick um, to pick a, a preferred first team and stick with it but right we'll, um, we'll leave it there thanks for all those emails and and yeah, thank you for obviously listening in. Um, so, big thank you to Nick for stepping in at the last moment there. Uh, cheers, cheers, mate. 
Uh, and thanks no to Pax as ever, especially for the squeaking bit on your voice that I'm going to get Mikey to play in a clip repeatedly. Um, oh, thank you. No worries. Cheers, buddy. Um, and obviously, thank you for Mikey for producing as well. Um, and not thank you for some of his song selections earlier on. They weren't great. Um, also, thanks to Five Year Plan for letting us uh, play out that, that wonderful, wonderful What A Night song, which you should really catch up, fiveyearplanfanzine.co.uk. Uh, um, next. Sorry, sorry go on, Chris, before go on. we go, um, we've got to start the, the song at the end that we're, we're playing out on is especially for um, Serial Thriller, who's in yeah. love. Oh, and um, hello, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, hi, Jerry. Say yeah. In the chat room. Yeah, Jerry. Um, Shout out to Jerry. Yep. Yeah good stuff okay well, we'll be playing out a song for serious thriller shortly um but next week come we should have a, a bristol city and ipswich reviews where well, we definitely will have those and potentially uh, an interview with a certain should we say young superstar i'll leave it there uh, hopefully we should have that thanks very much for listening and we'll play you out now cheerio bye
into the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.